that fiber line can't be laid down any quicker, can it? It has been laid down. And you know, when I told you about that, they're still working on the roads like further out from my shop, like the secondary roads. There's trucks every day. They've wow. been working since I saw them the first time. So <coughs> I told I told one of my neighbors if they happen to get mail to let me know first thing when it's available, because he said it would be like a month before you could actually, before they like tie it in back to, I guess, the main hub. What company is it? Uh, Spectrum. Oh, okay. That's what which, we have. Yeah. Which the access point I'm using, I'm actually very happy with overall. It's it's like blazing fast, but it does not like Zoom. But mm. I mean, I could I could have YouTube like on all day and it's fine. But it's sometimes it's just kind of odd. Hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I like odd. Yeah. <laughs> odd is good. Hey, it adds to the stress of our weekly thing. Yeah, it makes it makes us uh, have to think on our feet a little bit more. Yeah. Hey, I, I, this is kind of off topic, but I want to ask you guys something. You know, we all have YouTube channels, and people make comments on there, and you. Sometimes you get some nasty ones, but sometimes you get some that are really cool. You guys get any like really cool ones lately? They're rare, but sometimes you get, yeah, it's always nice when you do get them. Yeah. I mean, I get way more nicer ones than negative ones. It's just, you always remember the negative ones. (laughs) Yeah, no, I got a, I got one today. I was, you know, I was kind of coming home from work and it wasn't the greatest day at work and I pulled up my YouTube channel because I like to answer before I leave and when I get home. And uh, I was just like, this guy said, man, I love listening to your instruction. And with your accent and the way you teach, you remind me of this old house in Noam Abram. Mm-hmm. That's true. Maybe that's why I like you. No, it's... <laughs> I think but I told him in my response, that's the, probably the most ultimate compliment you can give me. You know, because I learned off of New Yankee Workshop some of my techniques, and I finally got to meet Norm, and I worked on a couple of projects with him, and it's like, wow, what an unbelievable! So it just—I it, I told him your comment made my day. Because it's it's drawer to you too, right? Is it drawer? Straw. Drawer. Draw. Yeah, it's a draw. That was the first time I ever heard that when Norm said it. And it's it what just it hits. is, though. It's a draw. It's a bank of draws. Yeah. Well, the first, that's the first time I ever heard it when I was a bank very of young. drawers. Just, I think, that's what I just said. <laughs> I think that there's one other one they say a lot. It's drawer, and there's one other one. Um, up, ah, I can't remember. Up in Maine, um, you know, saw S A W. It's SAR. <laughs> SAR. We yes, saw it. That's the other one. The yeah, SAR. We saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear Tom Silva say that one a lot. I'm going to grab the SAR. <laughs> yeah. Sedge, I really thought you were going to say that the person said, you remind me of uh, that amazing guy, Jason Bent. <laughs> well, I have that. Now, that I, would have been the ultimate compliment. Now, people do say I look like Uncle Fester a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they call they me Uncle that, Festool. They say that blue shirt you wear with your name on it reminds them of Jason Bent's. Yeah. <laughs> except except I change mine every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you only have one, no, you've got two. I remember. I've got two. Yeah. I, I got know. two of them. <laughs> um but it, it's just nice to come home, open your YouTube channel and someone gives you that ultimate compliment. I was just I was blown away. I just I sat there for a while and just went, "Wow." That's really it cool. cool. It takes it no seriously. It takes 
think about what that, that takes someone really nice to just reach out and say something nice on, about your video. Yeah. And about you. You're right. It's it, it's very nice and it's always very reassuring when you get the positivity, yes. especially when you have a video that like it's just overwhelming, like super positive. And then that one person that has to just ruin it mm. makes that comment. And for every 10 positive, I get a, a negative. And the one that always sticks with me the most is the negative because it just mm-hmm. blows my mind that... Like I just assume people should all just be nice to each other. And then there's these idiots that get on there. You know what I've noticed lately? And tell me if you guys have noticed this. You know how uh, YouTube always has these weird like trends where for a while it was like the woodworking plans, 16,000 sets of woodworking plans. And then uh, wood pricks was another one that was really popular. Like every video you'd get comments and it's always a different account. And it's all these spam accounts. Well, now... I'm experiencing very basic questions that just seem odd. Mm. Like, is it hard woodworking? Or why does wood move at night? Or, which I wanted to actually comment something funny back on that one. But Mm. um, I've I've noticed that lately. Like, that's the new thing that they're trying. they're, They're like leaving these weird, random comments. And I know it's like a bot because... It'll be the same thing on four videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my big one that's been going on for a while is I'll get like a profile and it's like obviously a female and it'll be on there and it'll be, I like your woodwork. It is nice. I'm so glad I found your page. And I would respond immediately back to it every time. I'm like, uh, thank you. I was busy buying crypto. And they're always like, what, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, I was just buying crypto. Do you, do you need some help? Do you need a question? And they're like, well, I'm selling crypto. <laughs> <laughs> it works every really? single time. Oh, every time. I get. Hey. I probably get three of those at least a week in my um. You know that hidden folder on your inbox. Yeah, I like oh, yeah. to keep that clean. And it will be at one point. I had seven different like female like people that are yeah. not even. It's really a guy I'm sure I'm talking to, and she's like, "Your page is amazing. I'm glad I found you." That you know, and you're always just uh. Oh, I just wanted to know, you know, you are amazing. And I'm like, well, I was just buying some crypto. I always do that. And they, they just sit there and they come back like, what do you mean? I don't know if I know what you mean. I was like, oh, I was just buying some. They always come back and say, well, that's what I was reaching out to you for. I've made millions of dollars. And I'm like, you're so nice for letting me know that. Thank you. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, Ronnie, you know how we were talking about um, doing a little bit of research on somebody who might write, reach out to you before you say something? I got one for you. Mm-hmm. I got reached out. Somebody wants me to sponsor something and send me something to uh, do a video on. But then mm-hmm. there's no website. There's no links. Right. So then I went up to their email and it's at this dot com. And it's their the- obviously their their uh, influencer account. And I went to go. I just highlighted that, copy and pasted it. Not their email, but their their dot com address comes up. No site. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's an, yeah. Whenever that doesn't come up, that that's the main thing I look at is the domain. You know, the dot com or dot whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, um, that's that is the sure sign of something not legit if it's not coming from the right domain, and I yeah. just ignore it. Um, that's the easiest way to snuff those out. Yeah, I'm not going to sure. respond because the domain uh, didn't come up. It said site not available. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's one of the easiest ways. I mean, I regularly get those even from like, you know, it'd say it'll say like your YouTube account is, you know, and you look at the domains from something 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 dot youtube dot com, but it's not the just straight up. So that's mm -hmm. a, yeah, that's a telltale. But man, the, like you said, I think some of them automated bots, but some of them I think are people that are sitting somewhere in an office and all they're doing is just reaching out. And you can tell they're real people because I I keep going some when I have time like i'll i'll keep going until they get not happy but it's fun <laughs> yeah. hey let me let me uh hop in here real quick to announce something so um you started cutting in and out a lot ronnie so i'm just gonna say now for the people listening to the podcast we're having some connectivity issues tonight and this will get picked up in the in the recording so if that happens i just wanted to let them know so they're not like oh why does this keep cutting gotcha. in and out because it's probably going to continue yeah. to continue to happen. Well, it came up and just said it was unstable right when you said that, but it's yeah. now saying it's okay. Hey, Perfect you know, timing. Too, I ran a I ran an internet speed test when we were having trouble sick, and it said it was very fast. So mm. it's kind of odd. Hmm. I um, had a way back when to continue. Way back when my buddy uh, would always get phone calls from people fishing him. You remember when we used to use the telephone and call people telemarketers? He used to go, hey, oh, yeah, 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 I'm interested. Hang on. And he put it uh, right down, and they, his whole family would be eating. <laughs> he wouldn't put them on hold. He would be eating, and he would like, hey, you want something to eat? And just go awesome. on and on. And then after about 20 minutes, the, if the person was still on there, he'd go, no, thanks. I'm done with dinner. Bye. It's <laughs> awesome. And he goes, you would be surprised how many of these telemarketers would hang and have dinner with us. Oh yeah. <laughs> anything, anything for the sale. Um, some people, exactly some right. people love, you know, just like that's their like favorite pastime. Their their favorite hobby is like getting these spam calls and, and actually oh, like, taking it. an hour to to go back and forth with with these people. Hey, I have a random question. Shoot. Ronnie, did you did you create a new logo and email it to me? Yes, right before we connected, I just sent one that was on my screen that I seemed to like, and I just sent it to you all both. Um, I've okay, I was six. wondering because it doesn't say it's from you. It's got a phone number, and I sent it from my MacBook, and I just picked you all manually. It's not on our group text. Ah, got so it. So I just okay. kind of I fired oh, that off right before. It's on our um, text. Yeah, yeah, just to let you all know that I am working on that to do list, but um. I've had some of them up and I like to keep them where you kind of see them in your visual and some you get tired of and some you don't, you know, so that's kind of, I just wanted to make sure that this was from you and not some strange random person. <laughs> I wish there was a strange random person who would do my jobs for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like those, those spam people keep doing my task. <laughs> that would be nice. Oh. Um. Well, since we are a few minutes into the podcast now, um, well, I'm going to pull up a uh, Patreon real quick to see if we got any new ones, which I'm pretty sure we did not. Um, however, we are, this episode is actually the first episode of June and wow. guys, I have a new giveaway partner person thing company. <laughs> so for the month of June, we are doing two $100 gift cards. For carbon method. Carbon wow. method. Two of them. So two people uh 
I mean, you could go with the cast iron protectant and maintenance, or you could potentially go with the wood finish that they have, which I still have not tried yet, but I'm going to. I'm very finished? interested. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So they have a that. nano. They have a nano coating, uh, f- like that goes over any other finish that you use. So like to include Rubio. So you can put this nano coating over Rubio. Um, I have not That's tried it yet. Well, my plan was actually to use it on the dining room table, but because I screwed the finish up and I still need to refinish it, by the way, um, I actually intend on trying it out on that. So when I sand it back and reapply the Rubio, then I'm going to go back over it because I want to see, um, because it, it'll like bump up the sheen. Mm. Um, and then it's, you know, it's that nano coating. So I would assume it's, you know, really good. I haven't tried it yet though. Uh, I know quite a few people that have, and they've had good, uh, good results with it. So that's cool. I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. The only thing I knew of was maintenance oil, but I'm going to look it up. Yeah. So the nano coat is the, like, I know there's nano car wax, which is like a micro type thing that goes on. It's like a clear coating. Is that what, is it kind of like a wax? Car, no, Carbon Method is, uh, they make a product called Carbon Coat, and it is a graphene coating, and I used it on all my uh, cast iron services. Matter of fact, the video that I'm releasing this week is a, is a follow-up to that, because it's been nine months now. Um, what? Yeah, I put that on nine what? months ago. Crazy, what? right? Yeah. Oh, my God. I just realized this today in the marketing meeting. That next weekend I get a three day weekend. It's Memorial Day. Yeah, you got. I can't believe how quick the year is going. And yeah, I, I thought you just released that video because that was a killer video nine months ago. Wow, that's the one I watched on of all of them. Oh yeah, and <laughs> out of the last uh, last two months, I cannot even tell you how many times people have asked me, like, "Hey, it's been a while now, right?" Um. So I did a follow-up video to it showing, you know, what my, what my tools look like now and and what I've done since I applied it the first time. But, um, it's a graphene coating and it's like, what what I like to tell people is like what you're talking about, the wax. And, um, if you get like a nano coating on your car, cause that's become a real popular thing. I had that done to my uh, previous truck and I had it done to my uh, other car when I lived in Germany and it like makes the dang thing bulletproof for a pretty long uh, extended period of time. I like to think of it kind of like that. Um, but now it's, you know, it's, it's specially formulated for cast iron or, or whatever, but I've had nothing but really good results with it. So I will, as soon as those new tools come in, as soon as they're set up, the very first thing that I'm putting on it is that stuff. 100%. I have no doubt in my mind. It'll go on the surfaces immediately. But somebody can have their chance to win. So uh, to enter, become a patron. And you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash greensuiters podcast because our giveaways are for patrons only. And the amount of entries that you get are tied to what tier you are. So I highly encourage you to enter at the highest tier so you can get five entries into the giveaway, five chances to win. And you don't even have to enter because I'll do it for you automatically wow i did hold on before we 
before we jump real quick, I do think we did have somebody um, actually yes. increase their pledge. Yes. And that is Mr. Don Sorrowgood. Thanks, he, Don. Thank, thank you, you, Don. He upgraded to the top tier patron. But other than that, we have had no new patrons. So again, if you want to become a patron, get your chance to win June's giveaway. Two lucky people will win a $100 gift card to Carbon Method. Then make sure you do that. I got a, another date in June that our listeners might want to know. Uh, Moontown Brewing has a trivia night every Tuesday, and they have a corporate sponsor. And Sedge Tool is sponsoring June 20th. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Really? Yeah. Uh, Matt, uh, the guy who runs the uh, the whole thing, yeah, we were talking about it. and They, they all are watching Sedge Tool because I, I wear Moontown shirts all the time on YouTube and TikTok and, you know, whatever. And they asked me, you want to do one? I, I sent them my logo and all our stuff. I put the green suitors on there, too. So I'm sponsoring oh, awesome. a, a Sedge Tool night. That's nothing. So, oh, that's know. cool. So it's going to be fun. Maybe I'll get a follower. You said that's June 20th? Yep, June 20th, Tuesday night. And they said they have oh. about 100, 120 people show up for trivia night every week. What time does the trivia night start? Uh, sometime. Probably. I'll, probably. Details, details to six. follow. Okay. I bet it's at 6. Yeah, I, I think it's between 6, 6.30, and it goes for a couple hours. It's pretty cool. And you said they have how many people go to it? About 100, 120 they've had. In that on one a two, room on a Tuesday bar? night, absolutely. Yep. Oh, yeah, that room would hold 500 people. No, oh, yeah, the that. big room? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the back room that we used. That's what they're... That's what they're that's oh, where that's it is. where it's they the do night. trivia night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. The 1915 room. Yep. Man, I kind of want to come up there for that. Do it. You could crash at the house if you want. I'm thinking about taking a day off. I'm thinking about taking Wednesday off again. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be in Florida. Be in Florida. You hey, be in Ronnie. Florida? Mm-hmm. Ronnie, I'm interested in something. Maybe we should try this for tonight. I wonder Change if audio. you. No. Oh no, no, no. Go ahead. I would. I wonder if you stop your uh, the camera if it will make the the connection a little bit better. That's called changing audio. That's what I was just saying, right? We're saying the same thing. Oh, I right? thought you said change yeah. change your no, audio. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, no, yeah, your audio yeah. is great. Let me <laughs> let me try that. It, you oh, let's call that going dark. I'm gonna go dark. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. It'll be weird that we uh, won't be able to see your face, but let's see. Yeah. Let me see how that does it. We'll we'll test that out and see if it does it. Okay. Any can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, we can hear you. Testing one, two, three. Okay, and I, now. Honestly, now, Ronnie, I actually like this look of you a little bit better. Yeah, I like and it better too because I can pick my nose. You better yeah. not be making faces at me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually now. Now I'm working. So I was just gonna put on mute and I'm gonna start standing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, but you, can you still see us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to pick my yeah. nose. All right, yeah, yeah, I can still see you. Yeah, you're not skipping anymore, so that's good. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's worth it. Um, I can forego that. Well, you guys want to uh you guys want to hop into the topic? I mean, we could talk about what we've been up to, but we just recorded another episode 2 days ago. So um do you just want to start talking about the topic? Yeah. 
fine with me. Would you like me to refresh the memories? I need to read it out loud anyway, because people listening obviously don't know what it is. So uh, every five episodes, we do a patron submitted topic. And that topic uh, typically will come from one of our top tier patrons. And uh, we recently transitioned everything over to Discord. So in preparation for this, I jumped on Discord and I said, hey, you know, let's get some ideas for episode 89. And we got a few really good ones. Um, one in particular that we're going to talk about tonight from uh, Mr. Adam Fuller, our, our other favorite maniac. Is that what you guys call yourselves? Maniac? We're maniacs and he's maniac. the mayor. I call him the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> So he has an interesting topic, which we've we've touched on some of these things here and there in the past, but I figure we would just have a conversation about it tonight. So we picked one of his suggestions, and it says, every shop is limited by space. Even huge warehouse shops have to justify the space for a large piece of equipment. What are some of your personal questions for distinguishing between uh, a need and a want? And I love this topic. I love this topic. Um, because I've said this in the past, people, I'll just go ahead and get us started if, if you guys are okay with that. Mm-hmm. People, especially early on, um, and th- this kind of is taking the big warehouse shop out of the conversation for this first part. They have an assumption that they are a woodworker. And as a woodworker, they need every tool. They need, I have to have a bandsaw. I have to have a drill press. I have to have a table saw. And the list just goes on and on and on. And so they find themselves like, okay, I got this thing. What's next? Okay, well, it's got to be the bandsaw because I don't have one of those yet. Got to get the planer. Got to get the jointer. I've got to get all these things. And they never look at it from a need. They look at it as a want, but a want from the perspective of there's some mythical list of tools that everybody must own. I have always been a firm advocate for, especially when you're starting out and you're building out a shop and space is limited, to look at what what thing could you buy that would make the most immediate difference for you in your shop, right? If you need to resaw a bunch of things, right? Well, maybe a bandsaw makes sense. If you're never doing anything in a drill press, like why do you need the drill press, right? Can you get by with another tool? Because now that's taking up floor space or cabinet top space or uh, or whatever the case is. So for me, that's how those are the questions that I ask myself. Like, if I did this, you know, if I get another tool, what's the one thing? that will immediately make a difference and make me faster, more efficient and help me with whatever problem I'm facing at that time. What do you guys, what do you guys think about that? I agree. All right. Thanks for tuning in everybody though. Okay. That was good. No, I I totally agree. You know, when I, when I saw the topic, I thought that's, it's another one of those things, those sliding scale dynamic things. I think you've got your corporate person, hobbyist, or your person new starting out in the business or a person mm-hmm. with an existing business. And I think everybody will look at it differently. Um, I've been mm-hmm. in all sides of it. I've been on all of it now. And I look at 
way where I am currently is I look at it is is it something that is going to save time and or make my product better and how quick is the payback and a lot of times those things that I'm looking at one job I can get the money back on it so it's just awesome because then you have it forever um not, CNC not so much not one job but the right kind of job you can pay you can get that quicker too so I've looked at some you know I think of those things as things that stood out that I was like is it a need or is it a want sometimes my need or want your need or want could be something that you could get another company like if you don't want to buy a CNC. Is it better to, even though it's a want, it's not necessarily a need if you have somebody local that will run a job for you once every few months. So that's that's where I feel like right now my separation from need and want is. Because mm -hmm. technically, I could use every machine made. Technically. Yep. you know, But do I really need that? And then there's also the space. It's not always money. It's also space. You know, What do you have room for also? But, mm -hmm. and then someone who's a hobbyist, I think looks at it totally different in that, you know, they have their, whatever set aside money that they can buy, you know, fun tools with that they can make things with. They have to look at what's their next purchase and builds on what you just said. You know, it's about what is going to make me more of a capable woodworker. I th I think that was the most overwhelming thing when I got into woodworking. But like, cause I had to learn it on the streets. It was before YouTube, you know, and I would buy books that were like how to get into woodworking and things like that. Magazines and, and magazines were the social media at the time. When you looked at a page, like one of the tool companies, pretty much you felt like I need to have all of these tools. If I'm a woodworker, all <laughs> of them, because this is what's on the sales ad page. So I would go through and there's tools I bought before that I never used ever. The biggest one that stands out to me was a mortise on the on a table saw the mortise and tenon you know sliding on a table saw i never used it not once that was probably right. the one that stands out uh there's a statistic on that uh from delta machinery it was their number one accessory um everybody bought the tenoning jig back in the 90s and 80s and 90s and guess what they did a survey afterwards how many people have used it uh five percent have used it yeah, I thought it was something I needed just from the magazines, yeah. you know, and things. So yeah. that was overwhelming um, on that. And now it's so much easier to know what you actually maybe need versus want and all that. But yeah, it's it's a never ending thing. I will say that it doesn't matter how many tools you have. There's always a need and want list. Always make a list. That's what I tell people. Make a list. So people reach out to me quite often, say, hey, where should I start? And I always say, hey. Uh, what are you building? And it, it is the toughest question in the world when someone says, what do I need to get started? It mm -hmm. is one of the toughest questions. Mm -hmm. And the way I wanted to approach this question is first, let's talk about shop space and commercial if you're building for a living. Okay. Some of the considerations that I had to get in my head, I was coming out of a, a basically a, um, a 10 by 25 bay. And I had my shop and Mikey had his shop. And when we were deciding where we were going to merge the shops, he had moved into one that was 1,800 square feet. And I said, wow, this is really big. But the considerations for that was, you know, both of our equipment coming in, we, we sold off what we duplicated. But there was a huge thing that people don't incorporate is your spray area, number one. And what if you're working each month on two or three kitchens or bath, van, you know, vanities or whatever? 
and you get a hiccup where the install gets pushed back. Someone gets sick or someone's on vacation or someone's trying to choose the finish and it just gets backed up. You need storage and you don't want to go and rent the storage unit for that kitchen because it's the time. And I know people who would do this. Uh, things got backed up. So they go, where am I going to put this? I'm in the middle of this one. And how do I juggle this? And Adam, I'll reach out to you because I know you were doing all those doors and you were spraying all of them. I think it was upstairs somewhere. And that's, you are like hammering stuff, but man, where's it stored? And I know you was going back down to, I think Rhode Island where the, or mass where the install was, but you got to think about stuff like that. It's tough. Because now you're paying for that extra square footage and everything flows right. You don't need that storage. But I like to store things and tap it right there in the shop to eliminate dust as I'm, you know, cutting a new uh, kitchen or whatever. So in saying that, now I'm not in the biz. Uh, and I have a three-saw garage. And <laughs> when I make a when I make a decision on something, there's certain wants, but there's also needs. Like I just acquired something. And it's sitting. Am I going to use it? Absolutely. Um, but I, it's it's sitting right now because I have other things on my slate or my schedule that I want to knock out, like the slab desk. But that tool is sitting. And do I need to get it right away? No. So work your time into it. The question is, and I heard one of you say immediately. Am I going to use it immediately? And I know, Ronnie, you said, you know, am I going to get my payback on it? And that's how I think nowadays because, yes, I've downsized incredibly. I've given away a lot of stuff. And I still got, I don't want to say too much. But if I'm going to purchase something, you know, I was looking at your sprayer, Jason, yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, my God, is that awesome. I want one. I don't need it. Right. You know, I don't have anything coming up that I need that. I got, I got, I know how to spray, and I spray with that edge gun and that Graco, and then I have a a turbine air. That's an old uh, three stage that I can use. Boy, but the way that technology is on that gun, it's sweet. But do I need it? Mm -mm, not right now. And that's how I think about things. My God, I'm gonna go get one. I I call it the gestation period. Don't I do not, or I try not to buy on emotion anymore. I try to think things through. I step back. I give it a, a grace period, a gestation period in my head. And I sometimes I'll list out on a, a tablet pros and cons of things. When when am I going to use it? Do I, I I know I want that. I That will make me more efficient. But am I going to use it right away? Or do I need to put that money into something else? So that's how I, I think about things. And now that I've gone from commercial down to uh, uh, residential shop size. Um, well, I wanted to bring something up because both of you guys kind of alluded to this, uh, Ronnie, especially you, when you were talking, you know, you learned on the streets before, you know, YouTube existed, mm -hmm. uh, looking at magazines. Do you think that social media and YouTube and Instagram and all these different platforms have actually made it a lot easier for people to discern what is a need and what is a want? Oh, I, th I think it's probably both double edged. It also lets you know of things you didn't even know you wanted. That's probably more often. Yeah. There's things that you're like, oh, I didn't even know I needed that. You know, I have three sprayers and your latest sprayer makes me want to add another one. 
Right. So. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. <laughs> now I have four. And I didn't even know about it. You know, and so I think that that hurts and that goes mm. back to everything, you know, down to even my our my kids that want things because of social media that they didn't even know existed. They wouldn't have known existed. Um but yeah, that that makes it a, probably a that might make it more of a challenge than the magazine world because the magazine world i think i would think they paid a lot of money for that magazine ad and they would put a lot of effort into making sure they were showing things that most woodworkers would want and need mm-hmm. and now you can do it with little to no cost and it can be something that's just hokey and just let's see if we can sell this you know yeah so it's it, 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 it's probably harder to pick through the the gold now with all we're getting hit with yeah, it went from it went from oh, uh, looking at fine woodworking, looking at the ads, looking at the little classifieds, and then seeing it in person at a trade show. Right, used to yes. go see the latest and the greatest. That's why I'm not a big fan of trade shows anymore, because the internet ended it. Because I can see the latest and greatest. I don't need to go see it in person. Yeah, because okay? you you gain that, and now with social media, it's not you know you go it's it's in your face. You see mm-hmm. all the latest and greatest. And that's why a lot of woodworking companies are pouring their marketing dollars into social media. Yeah. You know, I remember what you just said. <clears throat> I used to have catalogs like remember like Summerfield and all those different catalogs. Oh, Garrett and Wade look, and trend lines. You would you would look at a tool for so long that when you finally saw it in a show, it was almost like a celebrity. You were like, this yeah. is that thing I've seen in pictures forever. And I'm getting to see it in real life. You remember? You remember trend? You remember trend lines? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Man, I always had I mean, a couple it, of those by the turlet. Oh, I mean, I held on to those <laughs> like gold. And it was yeah, only recently, in the last two months, I started throwing some of those things away. I just held mm-hmm. on to, you know, they were like Bibles of when, woodworking. When you got when you got your Lee Valley catalog, it was like, oh, oh my yeah. god, I'm gonna yeah. spend four or five hours tonight. You know, right. look. Yeah, it, it was, was your cool. reference. It was your, it was your reference. reference. It was your reference. Yeah, for sure. So when when I was when I asked that question, I I think it's interesting the the outlook that you guys have on it. I was I'm looking at it more towards social media has made it to where somebody sees a tool, then they're able to research it and see visually firsthand how the tool works, what applications it's used for. And then that now elevates something to be a need versus want because they understand how the tool works as opposed to True. the magazine, mm-hmm. the magazine side of things. Mm-hmm. All Applic- you saw was a picture. It's application. You get the application involved. Yeah, which is huge. You know. Yeah, so, like oh, oh yeah, I could use it for that flooring, or oh, I could yeah, I could use that track right. saw to instead of buying a table saw. Oh, I could do that. But it also does what Ronnie said. And it's like, I didn't even know that existed. Now I must have it, <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, to be fair, it could go the other way. When So when I'm buying tools now, I'll be honest with you. When I'm getting tools in my shop, like, for me, they're usually like, they're usually a, a want more than they are a need so much because I, I wouldn't say that at this point I... There's things that I need. I look at it from a content perspective. So like that's that's the piece of this conversation that, you know, wasn't even in the in the question itself is that you have hobbyists, you have people that are running a business, and then you have people that are in massive warehouses doing, you know, big projects at scale. 
Um, you also have people like Ronnie who are operating out of a van. And that's another thing that I'd like to get into, uh, Ronnie, after this is like, I, I, I want to hear your take on, you know, tools that you're doing and how the van comes into play, because you talked about that with the, with the new cordless Capex. But for me, I'm buying tools like that sprayer. This is the best example in the world. I have a, I already have a handheld Graco. I have a, uh, Apollo and slash Fuji HVLP, you know, five stage. I can spray anything I want through it. I've got the 3M uh, PPS system now. I do. I recently ordered it. Um, I've got the X5 Graco. And did I need this ultimate quick shot from Graco? No, absolutely not. And out of all three of those systems, that was the most expensive. I paid almost $1,300 for it. And I looked at that from one, I like it. It's cool. A lot of people are going to want to know about it. And I mean, I'll just be honest. I'll make that money back doing one YouTube video about it. You know, maybe not overnight, but I will 100% make my money back from it. Yeah. And that's a good point. I mean, in the, in that, and that is your business, you know, that's part of your yep. business. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at it the same as a woodworker would look at it. You're looking at it as a content, you know, creator and slash woodworker. And that's enough right there to justify it from being a need or a one is that you know you can get your money back and also people are going to want to know about it that you can share the information about it i think i think it'll end up being uh, most of the things in my shop would be a want for most people because again i've said this before i'm crazy obsessive about things i like having nice stuff i like the cool tools and gadgets and i'm willing to spend the money on those things but for me it's a different situation because i know and i and i leverage that on my channel i have the like I have a lot of these cool tools that people want, right? Not necessarily need. I have a lot of the things that people want and they're trying to decide whether or not they need it. So I can create content about those things. And I to be completely open and honest, I would much rather buy things in most cases than get it for free in the first place. Because I know that I'm going to earn that money back if I do videos on it and then there's nothing attached to it, right? Like I don't I don't have to do all these extra crazy things. But so for me and my business, every tool that I buy, technically, I guess speaking, is a need because that is allowing me to create the content on those things that is going to continue to earn me money in order to purchase more of those things. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I, one of them that stands out to me that I don't know, it's like need want was the Vaxis. I had it forever with just the one head. The one six inch, you know, vac head. Mm -hmm. And I would be in Woodcraft and I would see that set for like close to four hundred dollars. I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm not buying those three heads. <laughs> I'm not doing it. And like somebody would come over and go, Do you do you need help? I'm like, no, I'm just looking at the most overpriced festival accessory I've ever seen in my life. And I would like vent with them, you know, I didn't help any or anything, but um, I finally pulled the trigger on it after having that for years. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I should have just I should have just bought right. this. Yeah, it's it worth the same it. way. <laughs> it's worth it because at first I was like, I can make these myself. I'll get rubber. I'll make the. I'll do it myself. But do you do it yourself? No. But I have enjoyed so much running thin stock now and putting it up there and do it. It is so worth it. I still think it's highly overpriced, which that's doesn't matter now. It's discontinued. But I did see those for sale. They were somebody was advertising them on uh, Instagram that they were selling them for three forty. I think that's less than what they used to be. 
Um, they're still those are still available. But if anybody out there is listening and hasn't pulled the trigger on one of those yet, <laughs> those are amazing. And that was I couldn't figure out if it was an eater or a one. I think I kept just thinking I'd rather spend that money on something else. That's kind of where I was. But I regret on that one. So sometimes we don't know if it's an eater or a one. Sometimes it's more of a need and we think it's a one. <laughs> right. So I guess what I'm saying is we're I think we all thought when we said this, we all want tools, we all want everything, but is it a need or a want? Sometimes we get it wrong and we think it's just a want when it's really a need. You know? Yep. It's backwards. You know, Ronnie, that's one of the tools that it's it is such a it was such a hard sell uh, until we discontinued it. <laughs> Right well, now, yeah, I guess even, it. even the Vaxis is high, but I've had it for so long I've forgotten. I mean, it was like a thousand. Yeah, but yeah. we had lowered the price. We had lowered the price on it, and it still wow. was just sitting there. And anybody who had bought one would tell anybody this this is a must-have because it saves me so much time with edge banding or sp- whatever they were using it for, sanding, whatever. And people would go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then now it's like even last week people asking, I need a Vaxis. I go, it's been discontinued for like two years now. Yeah. Good luck finding one. That's one that I think a lot of people would say, yeah, that's just a, that's not a, that's a want. It's not a need. Yep. If they're using a domino all the time or sanding smaller yep. parts or any of those, they don't realize it, but that is a need. You know, but that's, that's a, an example of that. With a domino, when I'm doing a Festool live, with a domino, I so miss my Vaxis. Oh, you know? yeah. Because well, now nice. I have to clamp two or three times, and I could just, like, well, that, used to be able to just pop it off and pop it on, and it was just so smooth. Yeah, building those cabinet doors that I recently built, you know, you can just have it both sides mitered. You just go to one side and the other. Don't move it. Clamp. It holds both sides at the same time. It's so cool. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that's a good one for um that example of not really knowing what you need sometimes. Yep. Sedge, correct me if I'm wrong. Does Adam does Adam have a, a work van? I think so. I think he does. I think so. So I want. I really wanted to touch or a trailer. I'm not sure. Yeah, I really wanted to touch on on this aspect, Ronnie. Uh, Sedge and I were talking about it this weekend and why we thought this was a good topic because he had the commercial. I'm in the DIY, you know, home shop side, and then you obviously you have the your business in the van. And when you were talking about the KS, uh, KSC 60 and having that on the stand in your van and like how you were trying to come up with a solution. So like what, what things are you looking at in terms of tools that you store and keep on your van? Like what are the considerations you're looking for with that? Cause that's a, it's a, you know, a remote workshop basically. Right. So a lot of I, the same stuff applies. One thing that I've changed my mind on like, in the past two or three years is battery power. I put way more consideration into that. Um, I, I think even as two or three years ago, I felt like that I'd always need to have power. So it didn't really matter to me if a tool was battery or not, but I find myself regularly now on the job site, not ever even pulling out my extension cord. It's, it's amazing how much has changed in the last two or three years. Um, that that's been a huge game game changer for me. So for, for me, you know, I also have, my standalone shop, I started realizing a few years ago or more than that, maybe five or six years ago, that it was worth my time to have multiple tools, to have a tool on the van that I have in my shop because I was spending 
the time I was spending loading it up each time and going back and forth and also forgetting it because it was in my shop was not worth, it was worth buying another one. So I started buying multiples of things and that was a huge game changer for me. Huge. Because that was a struggle. I would have to go through and do a list when I was starting a built-in job. I would be, okay, what I need to load out of the shop? I'm going to load this, 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 and this. So that was a big game changer for me. Um, but I also have to think about my space. Like Sedge said, it's the size of your shop. Are you still still there? Am mm -hmm. I breaking yep. up? Okay. No. Nope, you're good. Um, it looked like you. I think you all both were still. That's why I thought you froze up. Oh, I was, I was just falling <laughs> asleep because you were talking. Oh. I got you. I got you. Well, like said, oh. said the size of your shop. It's also the size of your van. And <laughs> you know, that's, I really love the stand on the new cordless capex and the extension wings and everything, but that's, that's a, that's something you got to commit to. It's a three foot square. So that's, that's pretty big in a van. So I've, I've struggled with, am I going to make a side that when I open my side door, am I going to make it where it, I can just access it? Or am I going to put it in the center aisle and only put it in there when I need it? And I go back and forth about that. So there's a need and a want. Do I really need it on its dedicated spot or am I going to put it in the middle and not take up that all that valuable space? So I'm kind of, I'm stuck right there. But that's what I look at is how often do I use it? And is it, does it need to be dedicated in the, va the van or is it going to be both in the shop in the van and um, corded or cordless? Those are the big things I'm looking at right now. So another thing that I think would be interesting to discuss, because I don't know how you guys are with this uh, particular topic, but for me, it, I really, really, really try my hardest to be able to have the tools in the position and be stationary to where I don't need to move them to use them uh... at all costs. Like if, now, a good example would be the router table, the joiner planer combo. And I get it. Not everybody has that ability. So if you're sharing a garage with a, a car, which I don't know why any psychopath would do that, but if you <laughs> were, right, then obviously you have to have things mobile. Like that should be a huge concern. That is a need for somebody that is in a shop that has to put all the things away. But for me, I try my hardest to make sure that everything is in a place that I can go walk up to it, turn it on, I can use it, and then I can leave and use something else. What I found is the more that I have to do to prepare to use a tool, the less likely it is that I'm going to use that tool and I'm going to find another way to do it, which may which or may not be a good dangerous. way to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that goes back to our last podcast about it results in a way you probably shouldn't do that tool mm -hmm. for that operation. <laughs> I totally agree with you on that. Because it's just, it can be such a pain in the butt. Like the only, the only thing in my shop that is not, minus you know small hand tool stuff right like i'm not i'm not talking about those i'm talking about large stationary machines the router table i can use it where it currently sits for certain things but there are times where i would have to move it in order to get the in feed and out feed clearance that i need for that however if i had the the option or the possibility to put it in a place where i never have to touch it i would much rather much rather have that um but the way my shop is set up it's not really that possible or it's going to make me lose space somewhere else that I don't want to to give up. So 
that, I mean, that needs to be a consideration for people if they have a permanent shop, because there may be a time where here's a really good example. I'll use me uh, again for this. I, I used to have the big powermatic floor standing drill press. Big one. Took up a bunch of uh, floor space. A huge drill press. I bought that. I got a really good deal early on. And this guy was basically selling all the stuff. I was like, I have to have it. Well, when I moved from Georgia up to here, the first thing I sold was that drill press. Because I don't need a drill press that has that kind of capacity and that capability. And I don't need to, to lose that. Right. So what did it allow me to do? It allowed me to open up floor space. And now I have a benchtop one that sits on top of something and doesn't take up any floor space. And I can keep it in its permanent location. So there might be times where you want to upgrade a tool and you have to sacrifice another tool. And that's what you have to look at. Do I need this or do I just want this because it's cool and it's big? You know what I mean? Or as Ben uh, taught us, how often do I use it? Correct. Right. Yeah, the, I think the drill press is an excellent example because I have a bench top delta that is twenty plus years old. It probably was three or four hundred dollars when I, when I bought it. Even though I saw the Powermatic one and the digital display was enough to sell me over, I'm like, ooh, I like that. Um, they're a lot nicer. I don't use it that often. I don't really use a drill press a lot, and I've never really had the need to upgrade. I've wanted to before because I see that's what's in other people's shops and I think I should have it too. But do I really need it? No, I still do not. There's not a time that I've been like, gosh, I wish I wish I had a bigger drill press. You know, and there's an example of sometimes a substitution. I have the Rockler, you know, drill press guide that the one that's basically like a drill press mm -hmm. mobile. That one works more for me and the way I work than the one stationary in a shop because I can put that into the van if I was building a per I have a drill press on site so I don't need a stationary tool and that that's that's another designation do you really need a stationary tool because we're all talking about space space weight and all that sometimes it's better to have a portable one instead like a joiner sometimes a portable like DeWalt joiner may be better than having a stationary joiner if you don't use it a lot and you're going to be using it mobily you know, now that you're you're talking about that, Ronnie, I saw a post that you did the other day, and it, this is something that I've wanted for a long time. Um, and I remember seeing a bunch of different variations of it at uh, IWF, but your little bloom uh, hinge jig that you basically clamp onto it and you just use the the drill and you drill out those three holes. Yes. Um, I really think that's cool. And I'm going to be totally honest with you. I could replace my drill press with that why because the last hundred times i've used my drill press you know what it's been for hinges hinges yeah do you know that's a that's a great example to bring up do you know i have looked at that jig for as long as i've been woodworking summerfield used to have one yep. in the catalog and i could have gotten one at one time for probably 150 dollars, <laughs> and that one was like what three something but I have always wanted that jig and I've always been like, eh, well, eh, nah. And I, I really needed it, but I thought it was a one. So I wished I had gotten it earlier. Finally did tried it out. Oh, wow. It's, it's just, it's one time it hurts and you have it forever. Yep. You only cry once. Yes, How much is the small like bloom mini press? 
It's a lot. It's uh, yeah. the, well, the cheap. The, there's one that's like fourteen hundred, aren't they? Yeah, but they're like three thousand for the one you're talking about. And that's uh, one that I would say that's cool, but I would use this probably the rest of my woodworking life, and I'd be fine with it. As many doors as I do now, if I did doors all the time, you know, I was I would no brainer. I would do it without without a doubt. But this is the only thing I do not like about this is there's no dust collection. Cameron has already printed out a um, Festool adapter out of uh, like a rubbery. He 3D printed it, and I order already ordered the bit to cut the hole in the back, and I'll be doing that soon. I'll do a little video of that when I do it. Um, that will make it perfect. I, I cannot believe they did not put dust collection on there because it creates one one hinge. It, it, it gets full of, of shavings. It has to have dust collection. It doesn't have that. But other than that, I'm impressed with it. I legitimately think that this podcast just made me decide that I'm going to sell my drill press. Really? Yeah, it's I've, I'm still I mean, look at I, Sedge. I went through this. Sedge is all about the old drill press. Hey, you know what, though? I, this is probably a really good top. The drill press is probably a really good one on the need and one. There have been times that I've looked around my shop and I'm like, my shop's pretty impressive. <laughs> I can't wait. But, I can't wait to hear Sedge say something. But, on this. <laughs> but my drill press, I look at it sometimes and I'm like, that's pretty embarrassing. That's like not really that, you know, maybe I should have a nicer drill press. I've thought that before just because I'm like, that just doesn't match the rest of the tools in my shop. But if I've never needed, I've never said like, man, I wish I had more capacity on this drill press or I wish I could do this with my drill press. I've never done it. Now I'll give you the leeway said you probably are much more aware of what a drill press can do than I am. Like I just, I know it like, like Jason, I would use it for boring hinge holes. I'm thinking of what else I'd use it for. Mortise Sedge. and tenon. I use a domino. I've never bored a goddamn hinge <laughs> on a drill press. That's I always had, a, I always had a hinge. I, 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 I tried it once, and it was just so damn too much setup. So I bought a a, um, a Mepla. Uh, I think it was an A1300. Uh, it, was a, it was a deal. I bought 500 sets of hinges from Celiche, and they throw in the the boring machine. Oh, I tell you, to 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 drill one of those and see the hinges, you know, with the little white flanges on there, yeah, and just push it in. Yep, and it, it, fits it comes perfectly. with a press. It comes with a. It comes with your press in. It's sweet. Oh, it's nice, sweet. So, uh, the first thing I bought when I moved up here was my drill press. I can't bore at ninety degrees with a goddamn drill. Sorry. And when I do, like I was building benches and chairs, you know, through tenon joinery. Yeah, can I do that and sight it with a sliding bevel? Yeah, I could. But there's a lot of times I I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I had a a really nice jig I made to uh, do my through tenons at an angle uh, for legs, and it, it works great. So that's why I use a drill press. I I like the capacity. Um, I have a rigid that I. I think everybody comments on it. I painted it festival yeah. green. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Throw them off. Just a dick with everybody. But you want to know something? I that's one thing. I just uh, upgraded to the uh, DP uh, Pro from Woodpeckers. So stay tuned because on Sedge Tool this summer I'm doing a drill press primer, and why you need a a drill press? Well, but also I, I did. I, uh, mine I will be saved, gone by then. I saved. <laughs> my old handmade table because you need a drill press table and i saved it it was at a stab board and an old anchor fence 
and it worked. I could slide it on and off, but that new DP Pro from Woodpeckers is sweet. So I'm going to do a whole video on that. Uh, but I saw your post of that. I saw your your last post. I noticed the table. That would be a game changer for me. I would probably use it more if I had that table. It is wonderful, and there's a reason I really wanted it, and I, I'll go through it with the table I made and the table that I have from Woodpeckers. Uh, it's uh, it's one of those things that I just I, I can't work without. Sorry. I just like accuracy of it, and when I'm using a Forster bit, most Forster bits and a handheld drill suck. I agree. I mean, I just bored something in a handheld drill uh, this weekend because I'm getting ready for another video on power locks from TSO. And I'm going to tell you something. I was like pressing and pressing and pressing because I had a, my bench grinder mounted to it and I was trying to orientate the holes. And I was just like, where's my goddamn drill press for this? Because I, I get the leverage. Yeah. On the, on, on the, I got the leverage and it's a no brainer. I could put proper pressure on it. So there's a lot to a drill press. People people go, oh, I can change speeds. I go, hello? <laughs> and they go, oh, it takes too long. I go, hello? It's a belt change. It's two seconds, three, 30 seconds tops. And you can do everything with a drill press. Your guys' so. drill presses run off belts? Whatever. <laughs> mine, mine is a variable <laughs> speed. Um, but... I'm pretty sure that it came from Lowe's. I'm pretty sure. I think it was like between three, four hundred range, and it was that would have been like twenty five years ago range. Mm-hmm. And it's it's heavy. I would say it's three two hundred pounds. It's a bench tops. It is extremely top heavy. If you go to move it, it just wants to fall over and kill you. Yep, they all do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but it, it's met my needs. And like you like. Sedge, I give you credit also for you are pre-Domino era. So you remember when you would use the the Forstner bits to quickly bore out four mortise and tenons and doing that type of operation, um, which I, I kind of skipped that level of woodworking, which straight to power tools. And that's that's why I've not fully understood the benefit or had to use, you know, a drill press. But there, there's there's an example between all three of us. There want and needs. We all have different levels of want and need based on what type of things we build and how we work. Jason, the, that was like a, a real lob for a drill press because you know how much I like a freaking drill I know. press. I know. That was we, a lob my way, and I'm just like steaming here. I, I remember yeah. we did an episode a long time ago, like tools that we could do without or something like that. And I think the drill press was at the t- the top of my list. Um, and I remember how, how passionate you were about it, but I just think about it and it's, you know, it's one of those things. A lot of people might be going through that, but th- it also goes back to that whole conversation of, I need this tool because I'm a woodworker versus, you know, do I really need the tool, right? Like somebody who has a business building cutting boards and that's all they do. They probably don't need a drill press, right? Unless they're putting in like recessed rubber feet into the there and they want a quick, accurate hole at a certain depth. Like, you know what I mean? But like, did that person that got into doing cutting words be like, well, okay, I got everything, but I don't have a drill press. I need to buy it, you know? They're just, you know, what, some people you know I think what, just get confused on what the, what what they need versus what they want. I know one that stands out for me. It was... um I had a, I bought a 2007 Chevrolet Express fan when I started my business in 2009. 
was two years old, had like 15,000 miles on it. And I could, you know, technically I could do pretty much everything out of it. Um, I was always eyeing newer bands and doing, but it, doing that, but it's, you know, that's a need and want thing. But I feel like as the business evolved, if I had kept driving and showing up to customers as that van was getting older and older, especially on a high end clients, I think it was devaluing me a little bit. Mm. And I will say that I did not realize how much until now I'm at like two and a half years with my new van. And it's surprising how much that customers will comment. I really like your van. Yeah. Really, that's really nice. Yeah. That's really nice. No one ever told me they liked my van before. It's, it's, <laughs> so it's, the, it's like dead. It's Go image. Ahead. It's image, Ronnie. It's image. It really is. It yep. really is. It really is. And I tell you, and, and I'm telling anybody that's listening out there, it comes back to what I said before about image. I'm not telling somebody to go out and buy like a Mercedes Sprinter when they first start their business, but as mm -hmm. soon as you can do it, that's all the customer sees. They don't really know about your tools. They don't understand and stuff, but when they see you pull up, they have so much less hesitation to write you a deposit check. They treat you just more like an equal. It's and it's sad to say, but I've seen it. You know, I've seen, I've seen it. Um, I had a guy, one of my final straws was I pulled up, I pulled up in a guy's driveway before I, before I pulled the trigger camera was on me pretty hard. Camera's like, dad, we're doing the work. We don't have employees doing it. We should be riding around in a really nice van. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's, that sounds great for the guy not paying for it, but he was in my ear. But then I pulled up to this guy's house and he was like, Hey, he's like, I just need to ask you. He's like, does your van leak? Because my driveway is really nice. And Ooh. I had to bite my tongue. That really went through me because I was like going, well, you know, I think I have a pretty nice house too. And I wouldn't drive something that, you know, leaked oil in your driveway. But I just said, no, it does not. And that's when I really started thinking, you know, I need to look at maybe upgrading the, you know, and that's all. You know, did, did I have to have it? No. But when, now I can stand up in the van. Oh, gosh. That's like, it's I every day. That. It's everything. Oh, I appreciate that so much. And I'm glad mm -hmm. that I went the, 10 years more 10 plus years of crawling into the van you know crawling in and li living with that amount of space and now i have so much more space mm -hmm. i feel like if i started with the bigger van i would have just packed it out and i wouldn't mm -hmm. be as efficient as i am now so it yep. needs and wants change over time too it's uh you know i'll never forget changes the, i'll never forget the day ronnie um uh i learned about image um, and I call this the tale of two Max. Um, I have two good friends in Fort Lauderdale, and one of them was Mark Polito, and one of them was Mark Moorhead. And Mark Polito always, always was cranking. And I thought, oh, this guy's gonna be one of the best trim carpenters out there. He always was. Uh, his trucks and his trailers were always washed. He he knew how to market his business. He had polos for all his guys himself. Uh, he was an exceptional and is an exceptional craftsman. Uh, he had great pens and it sounds funny in pencils. And it said, a man's work is his art. It was just great slogans, everything. And everybody wanted this guy to work. So there's this guy I was sitting there one time and uh, Mark Moorhead I heard was really good too. And, uh, Polito told me, he goes, he's probably the best. He's exceptional uh, in trim and built-ins. He goes, he runs circles around everybody. 
but I knew Mac wasn't always busy. And I said, what's the deal? He goes, come in. We went up to his family. <laughs> he had naps and, sh- and McDonald's stuff all in the front windshield, you know, on the dash. Right. And every time Moorhead would open his fans, just crap would fall out. He was really disorganized. And he, uh, he was always not, he just always shorts and sh- sneakers and just a t shirt with no mm-hmm. logo or anything. And he goes, I'm sold my business on the image. And he goes, People want to work with professionals or that professional image in their home. And Moorhead mm-hmm. is the best in the state. I was like, oh. So that resonated with me, you know, and both of them are successful. I know Polito, I think, is probably retired by now, but uh, he's and he he just had all killer attitude. I mean, just yeah, one, real, real good, real good business acumen. One of the biggest great things attitude. I, I noticed right off the bat when I started driving the new one is I would meet with like a subcontractor or builder and they immediately when I pulled up, they're like, what else do you all do? What else do you all do? And I'm sitting there going, why are you asking me that? All I did, you haven't even talked to me yet. <laughs> why are you asking this? And they're assuming they're like, well, these guys look like they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know? Yep. And it's it's sad that that we are like that as humans, but we are. We we assume things. And it's like, you think about what it probably, it would have been a smarter business decision for me to stay with my van that I paid $15,000 for in 2009, <laughs> you know, that only had 100,000 miles on it. It was it was still fine, and I sold it to a guy actually in town, and I've seen it three times. And Cameron, and I go, Cameron saw it twice. We saw it in a Starbucks drive-through. He's like, Dad, there's our van, there's our van. So it's still fine, <laughs> but it just it came to the point where my clients weren't appreciating what I was showing up in. Mm-hmm. So that that need that went kind of slowly migrated into a need. Daddy yeah. needed a tax deduction too. You know, there's a whole tax thing too. Sometimes well, that, you just gotta spend money. <laughs> things that you want becoming a need. We we didn't really touch on that. I mean, because as your business changes, things will become needs as opposed to wants. You know, right. like somebody who uh, uh Justin from Rustic Grain uh designs Tampa, right? The CNC machine was probably a need for him four years ago, or, or a want for him four years ago. And then he all of a sudden or a large one, because I think he had a smaller one because he was doing clocks and stuff like that. And then he did like a built-in project and then, bam, his business overnight changed into custom cabinetry and it very quickly became an absolute need to have a 4 by 8 or 5 by 10 whatever size his CNC machine is. Um, yeah. Mike, Mike Coffey is another great example of that. You know, mm-hmm. his business is scaling and he's got a large space. And what did he have to do? Build additional buildings. And added a second CNC machine because, you know, things that five years ago were wants and a cool idea. Now it's like the business runs off of that. So it is an absolute need. And, you know, maybe you need more. So that that's another consideration. You know, if, you're, if your business model changes mm-hmm. um, and you go from building dining room tables to custom kitchens and custom built-in closets and everything else, a, a big CNC machine quickly becomes a need. A edge banding machine quickly becomes a need. You get a big commercial job, you know, mm-hmm. somebody wants yep. you to knock out instead of just one table, they want 50 of these tables. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. My, you um, know, for their corporate office or something. Holy moly. My, how do you scale that as quick as you can? Right. My CNC came um, from eight years ago. I had a almost $30,000 job that I locked in and I thought I'm going to, I'm going to lock it in. I'm going to buy it just for that job alone. I knew it was going to justify it. Yep. And like you said, it opens up more opportunities for what you're either capable of or what you can offer in your business. And then going back to the space thing, you know, it might require you to, you know, at that point you have to sacrifice other things to make space for the thing that is an actual need, yep. which also goes back to the conversation of thinking you should have a tool just because you're a woodworker. And then as you get more seasoned and as you get more experience and as you start to kind of settle into the types of things that you like to build, you quickly realize what you need and what you can live without. But that's a whole nother thing that we've really been beating on a lot is, you know, what, what you think you need in the beginning changes, right? And Se- I mean, Sedge, he's, he's uh, made multiple um, statements on different occasions about <clears throat> because of Ben, you know, downsizing. I've done the same thing, you know, because as I've gotten out of my, you know, initial, I feel like I need all these things. I start to realize what I use all the time and, and what I can get by with and what my most preferred technique of doing something is. And I have five other things that do the same thing, but maybe I don't need those anymore, right? They're just sitting there collecting dust. They're taking up space. You know, maybe there are other things that I need and I need to make space for those things. Um, so I feel like the longer you do it, the more your your thoughts and opinions change on, on space and um, what you need. Yeah, it definitely evolves. I mean, like, I think listening to our podcast is a need. <laughs> yeah. I think becoming a patron is a need. That, that's a need. I think uh, a need for most people would be not listening to Off the Cut podcast. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we got beers with the boys Friday night, don't we? We do. Oh, I'm so stoked. We yes, do. and that's good time. I might be a done. tad bit late because no, my you daughter won't. is graduating. It's her. I knew Saturday was her graduation party, but I didn't realize that her graduation was the day before. It's the night before, so I'm gonna join. I, it's possible if you audio can't only, make right? it. It'll be okay, Ronnie. Well, I, I will understand, to, and we'll just talk well, ridiculous might, amounts of trash about you. I know that's why I can't miss it because I'll get talked about. Or, or maybe um, you pull the late shift. That yeah yeah that's true. Go. Yeah, I might. Everybody, Ronnie will be there from 10 p.m. until four in the morning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, This this week's crazy. This is the graduation week. I'm I'm giving Kelly life support. I didn't realize what you have to go through with your um your wife when your first child graduates. It's it's like a happy and sad at the same time in her mind right now, and it's there's a lot going on. And that is the important stuff in life. I don't have to say it. It only happens once. So make sure you're there and present for all of it. Yeah. You know, but I will talk a lot of trash about you. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <sighs> and Madison. then when you do show up, be like, "Oh, geez, look who finally decides to show up." Oh, you have a good excuse. I hope we don't have to look for another podcaster. Jeez, some <laughs> criminy. He just yeah, started. Yeah, for those listening, <laughs> told- uh, we will be. Actually, this is actually coming out after beers with the boys, which is what oh. makes it really funny. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> uh, I forgot. We will be we will be uh, interviewing for um, a replacement for Ronnie. Hey, we were at dinner last night, and uh, I told her she was like, 
graduation's Friday. I thought that's how I thought it was Saturday. That's our graduation party. She's like, graduation's on Friday night. And I was like, I have beers with the boys. And Matt he goes, Dad, you don't have to come. You don't have to come. I was like, <laughs> She what? said that. I was like, no, I'm going to come to your graduation. I mean, God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> She's like, well, I know your podcast is important. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> not more important than my kids. No way, dude. <laughs> oh gosh. No, it's we'll be all right. It's but I, I do plan on joining up. It'll be my first one. I don't know how long it goes, but she doesn't have a huge school, so it shouldn't be that long. Like 250 kids. That's it? I think. I'm just totally guessing. <laughs> I have yeah, to probably, update you on that. I may be. Yeah, that's how big my school was, so I figure hers is the same. She's back. Oh Actually, I'm not going to say it. I, wait, say wait, it. wait a minute. Actually, let me update that. I do know there was one high school in our town, and it was 3,000 kids per class, and they built two high schools. So she probably has about 1,500 in her class. 44 Huge. years ago, I graduated with a uh, at Lewiston High School. We had 418 graduating. Okay. It was wow. a, yeah. It's funny how I remember that crap, huh? Yeah. I remember mine 250. I remember. Mm. And you know how many showed up to our 30 year reunion? Um, I think 30. Mm. Oh. I've never been to any reunions. I wouldn't know. Well, uh, guys, I'm going to have to jump here. I just got a text from. The misses. Okie dokie. So I've got to get upstairs. Doing to... a podcast. You need to let yeah. say say woman. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> start yeah. Like, yeah. Well, start it like I, that. I'm the boss <laughs> when she's out of town. Yeah. Well, actually, Nicole Nicole just asked if Leo can can come say goodnight. So oh yeah yeah yeah, guys, yeah. Are you guys okay with that? Oh hell yeah. Sure. Okay. He'll he'll come down here. Um, while we're waiting on him, I'll go ahead and let everybody know again. June the giveaway. Uh, for our patrons is from Carbon Method. Two $100 gift cards to two lucky patrons, which can be redeemed on carbonmethod.com, hey, I, I assume. I have a question. I thought about this. So a $20 level gets five entries. Correct. Marianne is a is a uh, level uh, $20 patron. So is my is wife. She, what if they win? I've wondered the same thing. I mean, unless we say we don't include their names in it, they can win just like anybody else. Wow, Car wow. I guess that's something we have to. I don't know what level Nicole is. Definitely not a twenty. I would have never let her do that. Yeah. Yes, sir. Really? Do you want to? So do you want to come say? Do you want to come say goodnight to Brian and Ronnie? Well, Ronnie's screen is black right now because his internet. Yeah. And my really. shed's better than your shed. And uh, Briar said his uh, his shed is better than ours. Oh, he's coming! You you took him is. off. You I know he off. is. Guess who uh -oh. got a haircut today? Uh oh, look how oh. adorable! Hey, I hey, I was gonna cut your hair last night while you were sleeping, but Daddy and Mommy <laughs> wouldn't let me. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> hey, Leo, my lawnmower's bigger than your lawnmower. Nope. Hey, Leo. I almost bigger than yours. We, we hey, have a. Hey, Leo, 
you want to hear what Cameron did yesterday? He was mowing at the shop and he mowed over a ratchet strap in the grass. Really? Do you know what do you know what oh, happened? Wow. The blades stopped immediately. Like it was dead stop. And I heard the noise and I was like, oh no. And I ran out there. I was first to see if he was okay because I heard it just stop. But it wrapped the ratchet strap around two of the three blades so tight. We had to use a combination of scissors, a multi-tool, and a lot of things to get it cut you away. You didn't bend the abishaft at all, did you? No. I know I was glad it everything was okay. But it destroyed the you know the the ratchet part of the ratchet strap? Yeah. It turned it into unrecognizable. What, what it did to it. Yeah. Come back inside. So wow. So don't go over ratchet straps. They'll tip. Yeah. Yeah. Leo, don't drive over ratchet. Don't drive over ratchet straps, Leo, in the uh, on the lawnmower. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't What's drive that? over anything. <laughs> it's a. Uh, uh, he'll show you. <laughs> Leo, right. how many hairs did they cut for your haircut? Uh. All of them. Yeah. They did just cut <laughs> one hair. They cut sixty-two. Really? That's what I would have guessed. Yeah. Two sixty-two. Sixty-two. Look at 62. my hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks good, Leo. I would have cut. I would have cut it for you. I'm good with haircuts. I would have modeled They're after not. mine. Yeah, Sedge cuts his own. Yeah, I would have done it for free. <laughs> All right, Leo. Here's what we got to do. We got to. We need you to to give your uh, Patreon uh, spiel. Okay, say, please become a patron. Yeah. Please become a patron. So my daddy can afford to buy me more toys. So my dad can afford me to buy more toys. <laughs> yeah, don't let him con you Please. to get a, a free pick either. Like I've been getting. Yeah. Just no. figure out which toys are needs and which ones are wants. <laughs> yeah. Or or please become a patron because daddy needs a boat. Please. Become a patron because daddy needs a boat. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Leo, are those Batman pajamas? No, they're Spider-Man pajamas. Oh, who's Spider-Man? Do you think Spider-Man is stronger yes. than uh, Batman? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who's stronger, Spider-Man or Superman? Hulk. Oh, you think Hulk is stronger than Superman? Yeah. Wow, that's the ongoing. It's stronger than Ultron. No way. You really think so? Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, we are going to go upstairs and play for a little while before he goes to bed. No. So I am going to eat something. Okay, we're well, gonna eat Ooh. something. So say good night, everybody. Bye, good night, everybody. Babies. Good night, hey, baby. <laughs> good night, everyone. Good night. Good night what? Night. <laughs>